everybody. My name is Chris Winter, and this is Jay McCarthy. I am the CEO, and he is the CTO of Reach, and this is Better on Blockchain. Uh, to kind of stick with the, the theme of the last two, we're going to pick a different topic, though. Uh, we did NFTs, and then we did DAOs, but today we're going to do oracles. Um, so, Jay, do you want to start off and explain to us what is an oracle? Yeah, so uh, an oracle uh, comes from the famous oracle at Delphi, uh, which was a figure in the you know ancient Greek world who uh, you know had a cool temple. Uh, I think it was dedicated to Artemis. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But um... so before we continue on, uh, <laughs> I, I, you might have missed the actual theme of this podcast. It's about blockchain. So what is an oracle? On the blockchain, oh. not the not not the originator of what an oracle is. <laughs> yeah, so you know the thing about an oracle on the blockchain is is that an oracle is um, basically a source of information uh, from outside of the blockchain. So you know we're all kind of familiar with the kinds of things that are on the blockchain. So for instance, like you know what like the balance of your account is, or what the state of some particular smart contract is. But there are lots of things that we care about. Um, that are not on the blockchain. Um, maybe maybe you and I don't care about them, but normal people care about things that are outside right. of the blockchain. And yeah, so... there has to be some way of these things getting onto the chain somehow. And, uh, you know, you're, you're teasing me a little bit about my reference to the Greek world, but the point of the oracle is that the oracle has communication from the gods, so they know things that normal people don't know. So the idea is that oracles on the blockchain know things that normal programs on the blockchain don't. Uh, why is that important? Isn't everything? Shouldn't everything just be on the blockchain? Can't the blockchain just know everything? Yeah, I mean, um, not really. Uh, so, I think the classic example of something that the blockchain can't know is like the weather. Um, so, there's no way intrinsically to like look at some bits and know whether it's you know raining in Boston, Massachusetts, or something like that. So that's kind of like a classic example. Like, there's things that are in the physical world that have to be ultimately entered into a computer at some point. When you go look at like weather.com, uh, yeah, that's not the blockchain, but like your there's like um there's like a physical sensor somewhere and that sensor had to be like trusted to like this sensor is going to output information and then we're going to put it on this website and now we believe it. And so oracles basically serve the same purpose. They're like sensors for something outside of the blockchain. So why do we care about data on the blockchain? Don't we just care about, you know, trading coins back and forth? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, um, like the coins that we care about, like they, uh, they like represent real things uh, or the, the hope of real things. Um, and, you know, even if you only cared about coins, one thing that you do know is that there are many different exchanges in the world and ideally what you would like to know is like, well, what's the price in this exchange versus the price in that exchange over there? And an oracle is a way to record, like to gather that information from outside of the blockchain and then reflect it on the chain. So for example, you might like to know, um, I don't know, like how many trades there are going from, I don't know, like Ethereum to Bitcoin, but you wanna have that information on the Algorand network so you can make trades based on that uh, in a reliable way. Okay. All right. So what you're saying is that the reason that the data is needed on the blockchain is because the blockchain 
really is can be programmable and and be usable more than actually just tran- um, transacting transactions and those transact or or those transactions can be conditional on things on the real world. Exactly. So I mean, using the weather example, um, I have the like the 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 weather data being online is valuable because I can write a program that like I don't know like makes a cute little icon appear when it's raining or like warns me like, hey, maybe today you should wear shoes rather than sandals because uh, it's raining out there. And so like you're going to make decisions uh, based on what is happening in the real world. And of course, the whole point of smart contracts is that they allow you to make automatic decisions, uh, you know, generally related to you know financial systems right now. Um, but ideally, you would have those uh, decisions based on things in the real world. Now, right. Things in the real world is extremely expansive. So I've mentioned weather and I've mentioned looking up exchange rates on exchanges. But those two things are like the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? There could be lots and lots of things. So you and I both agree that blockchain is going to change the world. Um, Until we upload our consciousness to the, the digital world, we still live in the real world. So that requires... Um, everything that we look, see, touch, and interact with to be able to be able to be recorded in some way on the blockchain for the blockchain to be able to interact with it. Uh, can you can you think of any other big uses of oracles today? Like people, way that way that people are using oracles right now. Yeah, on on blockchain. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that the main things that people care about are the price of some other asset that's out there in the world. That's sort of category number one. Um, because there are so many blockchain applications today that are, you know, decentralized finance. And so that's one of the main things that they're worried about. What is the price of some asset out there in the world? Um, there are general purpose, um, oracles, like there's this company called Chainlink and essentially what Chainlink is doing is, uh, they are an oracle that you tell them, Hey, I really want you to go call this, um, rest function on this website somewhere and just tell me what the answer is. And the thing is that since it's just an arbitrary rest call, that means that you could like really intrinsically look up anything. Like you could look up like, I don't know how many Twitter followers Reach Reach has right now. And so that's a very general purpose one, but um, that's sort of like a middleware service provider. It's not really like a use case. I think that really people care today about um, assets, asset prices, that includes like stocks uh, and commodities. Um, and then, you know, I think that there's, I, I believe that I read something, um, about people trying to take the, um, like the Iowa political market system and turn that into a blockchain application. If you're not familiar with that, basically you can take bets on like, will this particular politician be in office in X years? And someone needs to record like who actually is in office, uh, for that to be reflected on the chain. So that's sort of a way of, um, saying that we're, trying to have an oracle that um, has like concrete facts about the world, like who is the U.S. president. So there's that those type of oracles, but what about like, um, so there's the, the my, one of my friend's uh, company's Upshot is um, it, it estimates the prices of NFTs. That's not fact, factual, but that what that is, is people's opinions. Um, what do you think about like those type of oracles? Yeah, I mean, I object a little bit to referring to these as oracles um, because I think of like a, maybe I'm just too much of a theoretician because I really like the idea of saying that like what an oracle means 
is uh, information from outside getting inside. And I only want to call an oracle that. But of course, people don't mean just that when they say oracles. See, because the other, going back to the, um, you know, the original origin of the term, the oracle is like an authority. So because they have this special status uh, in the culture, we trust what they say over what other people say. And they, of course, in fact, use that to give us information from beyond the confines of mere mortals. But that concept of just someone who speaks with authority is itself kind of like an alternative definition of an oracle. And you might have the authority of being the one who we trust to tell us about what the price of wheat is. And so mm -hmm. in that sense, um, any service or person that reports to be an authority on something, they kind of count an or as an oracle in that way. And so, for example, like I, Jay, am the oracle on Jay's opinion. So I could publish a, you know, an oracle out there that says like, on a scale of one to 10, what does Jay think about any sentence? And you can send sentences to me and I'll rate them on one to 10. Um, and that would be a pretty, um, you know, fantastic oracle. I'm not sure uh, how many people would follow it, but it's a possible thing that we could do. And essentially- I'm, I'm bullish on the, the J oracle, yeah. by the way. Yeah, totally. And uh, essentially what you could do um, is, you know, people don't really care about just Jay's opinion. I mean, obviously the right people care, but in general, people might want to just aggregate opinion in general. So I think that a really good example of this, um, not in the blockchain, is like YouGov. So YouGov are really good, um, like nonpartisan political pollers. So um, anyone can kind of hire them to use their, um, their bank of, um, of American citizens who can be polled and you can ask them interesting questions. Um, and so you could imagine a service like YouGov being something that would be available on the blockchain where you could pose a question to a large number of people, they will ask the question, aggregate the answer, and then post it for all to see. So you could do something, for instance, like a um, like a reproducible social study. Uh, when I say reproducible social study, what I mean is, is that there's this issue where people um, like gather data and then they mine the data for a conclusion that they want and then they post the conclusion that they want as opposed to committing themselves before asking the questions what analysis they're going to do. And so that would be kind of a cool thing that you could do on the blockchain where you could commit yourself to a particular algorithm then gather, then someone else gathers the data and then runs it through your algorithm. And then you are now no longer in control of the ability of mining it. So um, kind of mix the two things that we just talked about. Um, what about prediction markets? Yeah, so, um, you know. Uh, well, what just, are they first? Yeah, I'm getting to that. Uh, <laughs> so when you have a fact out there in the world, you only need your authority to say like, I really do know what the price of wheat is. Um, and when you're just asking for a, per, a opinion, then we don't really have a way of testing the validity of that opinion. Um, you know, everyone's got opinions. And we might care about, um, you know... You and, you and I probably have more than others. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so you might care about just aggregating opinions, and that's what polling is about. But some opinions are really predictions about the future. Um, and the thing about predictions about the future is, is that you can evaluate them in the future um, because they, I, you and I can, can uh, make a claim about what the weather is going to be tomorrow and we can see who is right. Now, there's a huge amount of um, theory about how to 
uh, accurately gather predictions about the future and then combine them together. Um, so at the simplest level, um, there's the idea that uh, predictions where you make repeated predictions over and over and over again, um, and if you keep making bad predictions, you go bankrupt, uh, tends to make it so that the people who survive that process make good predictions. So this is one of the reasons why, um, you know, like, it's very difficult to be a bad stockbroker for 50 years um, because you'll run out of money. Um, and so a lot of prediction systems are based around rewarding people who have good predictions and punishing people who have bad predictions. Um, and generally, you just refer to that whole category as prediction markets. Um, and betting is just a really simple kind of prediction market. And so the idea is, is that if, if we're betting on like a binary outcome, so imagine that we had a question, for example, like, I don't know, uh, will aliens visit the Earth? Uh, well, well, will aliens talk to CNN next week on Tuesday? Um, so then like, this is like a yes or no question. Um, and we could basically like, Everyone who votes yes, if they lose, they give their money to the people who say no. And then you can basically see uh, the price of a yes vote versus the price of a no vote. And you can determine what the probability, what the people, what people think about the probability of this event. And so that's, that's kind of the simplest way to think about a prediction market. But there's a huge amount of weird, cool theories that people have about how to do this well. One of my favorite books is called uh, Super Forecasters by Philip Tetlock. And um, it's a very good study of... Um, I think he did this research for the CIA um, or something like that, Department of Defense or something, to um, uh, to have people predict world events, such as like, you know, will there be a coup in this country or whatnot? And uh, mm -hmm. it's sort of a report about the kinds of people and the kinds of reasoning that they use uh, who got good, who made good forecasting. Cool. So... <clears throat> There's a lot of different types of oracles. There's a lot of uh, reasons to have oracles. One of the things that I hear a lot in the in the blockchain world is a thing called the oracle problem. Um, have you been hearing that as well? Yeah, this is a thing that people say a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, and they they generally when people say the oracle problem, they just mean that I want to write a blockchain program that cares about a fact on the outside world. How do I deal with that? Right. How do you deal with that? Like what? So do can we trust somebody just to put the data out on the blockchain and then just work on the blockchain? Is there any problem with that? Yeah. So um, you know, the thing is, is that uh, it is intrinsically uncheckable on the blockchain. Um, so because it's uncheckable, and that, that's like the definition of the problem that it's uncheckable. Uh, you have to have authority somewhere, and when I say authority, I mean. Uh, basically trust without ver verification you know what i mean like you you have to trust them um and of course any person that you trust is now you know a centralized agent and that centralized agent can screw you so just like have a really simple example um uh i know that you are going to uh make a really big bet um sorry i i, I know that you're going to like stay home when it's raining outside. And so 
I like maintain an honest reputation about saying what the weather is. And then when it's like, I don't know, election day or something like that, I lie and I say it's raining so that you stay home so that you don't vote. So I can like use my fact that I have this authority uh, to manipulate what the outcomes are. And because it is inherently based on authority, there's no way to have like a string of truthful utterances mean that the next utterance is also going to be true. And mm -hmm. um, any individual, like you trust yourself, for instance. So like you could make it so that all Chris's contracts um, that are out there pay attention to Chris's weather service. But it's kind of implausible for you to like maintain an accurate weather service because um, like you can look outside in Boston, but like you don't know what the temperature is in Bangladesh or something like that. You're going to have to trust sure. somebody. So and you're going to launch contracts that like I'm going to use. And so like I don't trust Chris's guy. Uh, you know, I, I, I trust I trust my my weather uh, thing. So, like, mm -hmm. one of the big problems is, is that there's, like, a social coordination problem. Like, if we're going to launch a program, how are we going to agree, like, which oracle to trust? And so, essentially, what people need to do is they need to, um, you know, try to establish a reputation of being reliable. And, you know, that's a really hard thing to do. And you can, if you do that, you can, you know, abuse your position. I point, for instance, to, um, you know, like in America, there are um, bond rating agencies. Uh, so I believe that Moody's is one of them. There's another one, but I don't know what they're called. But I know that there's a bunch. Um, and uh, I believe that people are very suspect of them sometimes, uh, or at least they were suspect of them, I don't know, like 15 years ago or something like that. Um, and... Uh, that because if everyone trusts this one group to to rate bonds, uh, then now they can be bribed basically to like you know give you a better rating when you don't really deserve it. It seems like it goes against the whole idea of blockchain. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, because blockchain is all about trying to decentralize things and make it so that there is this trustless this trustless ecosystem where you and I can interact even if we don't trust one another. So is there anything that we can do? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, people think that what you could do is you could build a DAO. Remember how we were talking about DAOs yesterday? Uh, not yesterday, but last, uh, you know, so... It, it could it could have been yesterday, the people listening. <laughs> well, yeah. So one of the problems is, so I'm like a professor, right? And uh, you, I just uh, think of myself as like always being in class. And even nice. if, even if you know, like class was on Tuesday and the last class was like three weeks ago because there was like spring break, like to me it was yesterday because right now we're in class 10 and that was class nine. So that was yesterday. Right. Anyways. So yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So and we, when we were talking about DAOs, um, you know, I had this weird thing where I said, you know, DAOs take actions and actions could be anything. Okay. Well, like one action that a DAO could take is that it could take the action of I say stuff. And so, for instance, you could have a whole bunch of people say what the weather is, and then the DAO, it, dis it aggregates that information, and it says, the weather is this. Now, why is this actually good? You know, this is just like a different authority. So, what you whoa, 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 Jay. <laughs> what you're saying to me is a DAO is an oracle? Yeah, well, so the thing is, is that a DAO <laughs> is an entity, and that entity can do stuff. So one of the things that it could do is say something. And if what an oracle means is some entity that you trust saying something, then DAOs can be oracles. And 
there's kind of a theory about why this would be better. Because, for example, um, you know, we could just have like a simple majority vote. Um, and so if we have 10 people who all say what the weather is, then if you want to lie, then you have to turn 51% of them. And maybe it's hard to turn 51% of them. Maybe we have some sort of, you know, reinforcing system where one of the proposals that you can make is like kick people out of the weather club. And if you, if Chris keeps like, what, what's Chris doing every day? He says it's sunny. Like, yes, it's great to have a positive attitude, Chris, but like, I want to know what the real weather is. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, we could kick you out. Um, I like to stay positive, Jay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing though is, is that, um, this is sort of like, uh, I don't know. There's this meme, right? That like crowds are more wise than individuals. And that's like, I think the, the, the intuition for why you might care um, mm -hmm. about the utterances of a Tao oracle rather than an individual. Um, and definitely it's true that you got to turn more people, but it's not like inherently more reliable, like epistemo epistemologically, um, because you could still lie. But um, that's kind of the idea. I personally think that, uh, I don't know, like one person being able to like credibly say, uh, if you catch me lying, then these guys over here have a bond where they can take a billion dollars from me. That feels more reliable to me than I'm going to aggregate the votes of a hundred random people online. But yeah. that's just my personal taste. And I personally agree, disagree, <laughs> as, as I always try to do. Yeah, in this, totally. Because, because to me, a situation like that, there is the the attack vector is is very specific. Like, yeah. You know, absolutely. Uh, you can go right after the one person and get that one person, or pretend to be that one person, and because it's not my billion dollars, it's that guy's billion dollars, and all I have to do is is pretend that I'm that person. Yeah. So, um, I I personally like the crowd, and and maybe maybe. Um, maybe the, the crowd isn't, um, maybe it's not always wise, but maybe it's more trusted. Uh, and the, the other theory is, is that if a large majority says something is true, even if it's not true, doesn't it by default, the market decide what is actually true? You know, I am a truth seeker, so I'm very uncomfortable <laughs> with this line of reasoning that you're using. But I do know what you're saying, which is that, like, uh, you know, if, um, I don't know, we can look at, like, common situations. Like, you know, imagine if uh, it turned out that uh, vanilla ice cream, in fact, was just poison. And if you ate vanilla ice cream, then, like, you were guaranteed to die in the next 50 years. Yeah, you know, it was, like, the most carcinogenic thing is vanilla ice cream. Um, this is not true, by the way. Yeah, yeah. No, no conspiracy theories. Yeah, you on Jay. And uh, but if but if that were the case, um, if that were really the case, but no one believed it, then if you were the the wild man in the in the corner being like, "Stop eating your vanilla ice cream," then like you're not going to make money. You know what I mean? Like because you're saying what the people don't want to hear. Um, right. And so in that sense, uh, learning what the people think even if they think the wrong thing could allow you to make wise decisions, you know, that are like, uh, you know, optimal, uh, for, I don't know, making short run gains. I think the, the fear is, is that like, you know, any short run, uh, disagreement of the crowd with the truth will be corrected because we assume that people want to believe the truth. Therefore, 
if you know the truth right now, then you'll be able to reap a bigger reward than people who only find the truth out later. Yeah, I, I think the reason why I always think about this is um, my my friend who is, I mentioned earlier, the, um, the, up, the company up, Upshot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that he always tells me is the markets are, are always right even when they're wrong. Um, yeah, because... well, you know, with something like that where what they're doing is they're evaluating the value of something. Like, if people mm-hmm. will pay it, then that is what the value is. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Um, cool. So... There is a way to fix it. Fix the Oracle problem is what you're saying. And and the way to fix it is through trying to actually to to go as decentralized as possible. Um, but is there any way to actually have a fully like trustless or trusted uh, uh, Oracle? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a weird big idea. Um, let's, let's do it. Yeah. Let's get weird with it, Jay. So, uh, like... Imagine that we had like a real sensor uh, that like we're let's let's focus on a really simple problem of like the temperature in one place. How can we make it so that that is like uh, as trustworthy as possible um, and like blockchain from the beginning or something like that? Then what we would need to do is we basically need to make it so that like that sensor was like posting its own messages to the blockchain and we could somehow know that like this is like in a hermetically sealed box that no one can get at. And if anyone got at it, then we would like figure it out. And we would know that like it takes a sensor reading and then it immediately posts it. And it never, it's like guaranteed to like not change it. You would like have this like hardcore verification of the, like the physical system and how it was programmed and something like that. This seems extremely implausible to me. Um, Um, and and probably one of the things one of the only things in the world that reach isn't actually currently working on (laughs) yeah totally no the thing though is is that i think that um i think that there are certain kinds of authority that are really easy to um uh that are really easy to oracleize in a way that's trustworthy so for example um it's one thing to say um what is the who is the president actually that's kind of a harder question to answer than like, what did the New York Times print this morning? Um, And so notice that like the claim that the New York Times said this is like tied to the New York Times. It's not like the New York Times by saying something doesn't mean that it's necessarily true, but the fact that they said it means that we could like learn from they did that. So in that sense, this is like the Jay's opinion feed, right? If the New York Times just routinely posted uh, their entire, you know, content every day um, on the blockchain, then because we have, um, like, we we give social authority to the New York Times from outside, then, like, that automatically lends that authority to its blockchain presence. Um, And I think that if you then have a network of these things, um, it's then, in my mind you're like bootstrapping um, an aggregation algorithm because like when right. I want to know something complicated about the world, um, I don't look at like one authority. 
Um, like I don't read just the New York Times. I also like to go read, I don't know, like 4chan. And so, you know, I like integrate the opinions of 4chan and the New York Times and like some weird Reddit forum. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit too biased in terms of weird stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I try to, I try to uh, aggregate a whole bunch of stuff and we, everyone has, um, ways that they aggregate authority and yeah. what blockchain programs that try to do this are doing is they're basically trying to systematize those things. And so though that's kind of a way of doing an oracle that um i don't know is very natural in my mind um so so another way kind of related to that is a oracle that the public agrees that the data on the chain is the truth even if it's not the truth so like for example say you know kind of like a segue into our, our next talk that we're going to do is uh, titles of houses mm -hmm. is that if um, the United States decides whatever the the title says on the blockchain is the truth, even if that is actually not the truth, then you can actually that Oracle itself purely because already everybody agreed out outside of the chain. That is the truth. You can actually be have it to be 100 percent trusted Oracle. Yeah. So like one of the kind of basic assumptions about Oracle's is that the real world is the reliable thing and we're trying to reflect that onto the blockchain. But you right. can kind of switch things where you basically just decide that no, if we go, because imagine that we're like, uh, we go to court, right? And the question is like, who owns this thing? And if the right. answer is, let's go search inside of some musty warehouse and like look at a piece of paper, then that piece of, like the thing that wins the case is the truth. Um, right. But if we determine the rule that no, you go instead to um, to the blockchain, then that becomes the truth. And at that point, the, then the question is just like, how do we make sure that that is uh, the truth that we want, like as accurate as possible? So this right. is why, for instance, you know, during the French Revolution, uh, when you invade a manor, what you do is you burn the title records. Um, you burn the property deeds because what you're trying to do is you're trying to destroy evidence that you might be a serf um, and that so that those nobles can't claim that they own something anymore. So that was like an attack on the record keeping mechanism rather than an attack on like people individually, because that was a more effective way to get the property. Right. So but I, I think that there's personally, I believe it will be easier for the, in the future to rather than try to build the perfect, you know, perfect Oracle, perfect sensor that can be touched to switching the real world to believe the blockchain is the truth and that that way it is it, it you you start solving a there's there is a solve to that problem because if if laws if lawyers if everybody agrees that blockchain is an immutable uh record that is the actual truth and we will actually create laws based on that then there is no worry about the data that got there um because the data that is there is the truth yeah, so, you know, an example that um, is that, that I care quite a bit about uh, is, like, um, shares of companies. So, you know, there's basically, um, there's this large apparatus uh, where companies will report, like, their earnings, and they'll report their dividends, and they'll report all this information about their shares. And basically, they report this to the SEC, to the public, to their investors, and then like newspapers reflect this information. You can go kind of look at it on Yahoo. And it's kind of weird that like, why do I feel that the Yahoo thing is more reliable when I know that there's this really weird circuitous route to like get that information where if a 
company was a DAO, then the information about um, what everything that they've done with their treasury is just immediately publicly available on the blockchain. Um, and right. the only reason that we even have this kind of Oracle problem where there's like certain valuable information out in the world is basically because the existing institutions are bad um, and that they, right. they have all of the problems that blockchain is trying to fix. Um, yeah. yeah. So to summarize what I said is that give us enough time as we take over the world with blockchain, the Oracle problem will become less and less because everything will be on the blockchain. Yeah, so. and, it, and that doesn't necessarily mean that it's centralized. See, because one of the, Not you know, in, in this conversation, one of the things that I'm trying to pitch is the idea that oracles are inherently centralized because they're basically saying, trust me, I know what the outside world looks like. And saying that the same information will just simply be on the blockchain doesn't mean that it will be on the blockchain in a centralized way. So, for instance, like, you know, the Apple DAO will have their stock information as a property of its DAO and the Tesla DAO will also have that information. They're not going to be an er, you know, I keep stock information um, like thing on the chain. Each one has it individually. And I think that that can flow down to even tiny things where, for instance, like, you know, who owns this phone number? Well, it's not that there's some registry of phone numbers. It's that like, I am the phone number. And so I say who I own, who owns Excellent. me. So I, I think this is a great place to wrap it up. I think we probably convinced everybody that we need to just um, focus on just taking over the world with blockchain and then we won't need an Oracle problem. Um, but uh, Jay, if you could close this one out for us, summarize yeah. what we talked about and you know, tell them again who we are. Yeah, totally. So uh, today we talked about what's called the Oracle problem. Um, Oracle problem refers to the fact that the blockchain is not a total institution. It doesn't it doesn't deal with everything that there is to care about in the world because there are many things that are really out there like the weather and stock prices and uh, you know uh, who is sitting in a particular building somewhere. There's all this information that is not inherently in the blockchain. And if you want to write a program uh, on the blockchain that deals with that information, such as like automatic commodity trading or making a decision based on you know some political consequence, then you can't do that unless that information shows up on the chain. And so we refer to this as the Oracle problem, and there's so many solutions to it, whether they go from like trusting individuals or aggregating their opinions or building DAOs that deal with this or uh, you know, so on. And each one of these different solutions has different pros and cons. And our position uh, is that in the long run, this is not a problem because the blockchain will be the main source of truth. But in the short run, it's not a devastating problem. There are many ways around it. And the Oracle issue can show up in like really tiny situations too. Like many very small dApps often have a role for a single trusted party that is bridging information from a centralized world into the blockchain. And it doesn't have to be for these fancy things. And so um, hopefully you've learned a little bit about blockchain here on uh, the Basics of Blockchain episode of Better on Blockchain with uh, Chris and Jay from uh, Reach. Uh, I'm Jay, the CTO, and this is Chris. And uh, we are really excited for you all to you know, come join the Reach community. We've got a Discord where you can talk about these sorts of things uh, all day long. And Chris uh, is uh, obsessed with his new Twitter spaces thing that he's doing. So you can come uh, bug him. And one of the things that we've just started doing, actually, uh, you want to tell them about our office hours? Yeah, so uh, 
set up we set up actually open office hours for anybody that wants to talk about building applications if they have an idea if they're stuck with how to build it if they want to actually help architecting uh, you can actually jump on our discord and then on there you can find a link to sign up for our office hours and we'll give you you know our our complete 100 percent attention and maybe tell your idea is bad or help you actually make it uh make it into reality yeah, we'll flip a coin and uh, I'll say it's bad or Chris will say it's bad, but the other one will say it's good. Don't worry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So thank you once again, everybody. Thank you, Jay. It was been a, uh, been a lot of fun. And until next time, I'll uh, talk to you later. Yeah. Like and subscribe. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Like and subscribe. Thank you, Jay. Okay. All right. Peace <laughs> out.